thank you for another opportunity that you've granted us. Thank you. We thank you for answered prayers. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. All right, the Lord is good. Welcome to the School of Prayer. Let's just quickly take our Declaration of Understanding, and then we'll take our seats for a short while, and then we'll continue to pray. Are we ready? All right, I want to let's go then. The Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, and I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. All right, the Lord is good. All the time. Let's take our seats. Men ought always to pray. And not to give up hope. We are not to get tired of praying. And we are not allowed to let life frustrate us. Amen? Amen. We are not to get tired of praying. And we are not to get frustrated with life. Last time I explained that. That there are two ways to read that particular portion of the scriptures. We've used only one all this while. At least I have. But the second part is that. Don't lose hope in this situation. Go and pray. You know, the way we interpret it most times is what? Men ought always to pray and not to get tired of praying. And that is correct. That's what I have always read. But last week we saw that it's not just that. There is men ought always to pray and not lose hope in any situation. That is the way to handle situations is go and pray. Don't give up. What do you do? Go and pray. Pray until you get the results required. Pray until you get the peace of God. All right? That passes all understanding. Prayer is the key, is the, one of the most important things, if not the most important tool that God gave us as believers for us to overcome in this life. The Lord is good. Last time we began to look at this living by the Spirit, walking by the Spirit. And um, I remember we emphasized that life by our own strength is hard. What did I say? Life by our own strength is hard. It's difficult. It's very difficult. It's very difficult. It was not designed to be lived by our strength. It was designed to be lived, how? By the power of God. That was the original design. The children of God are supposed to live by the power of God. You are not supposed to live by your wise planning. You are not supposed to live by your determination. You are not supposed to live by your wisdom. You are supposed to live how? By the power of God. And one thing that God has done is to make that available for us. Let's remember, Samson, they will look at him. He will do great things. And what would they ask? What is the secret of your strength? Where lies your strength? Is this your Janjala body? Like we said, he was not Adam Schwarzenegger. He was not Lehani. He was not Seed Justice. These are big men that have been mighty in physical strength that we know. He wasn't. He was just a normal guy, possibly a bit smaller than usual. And I mean, he wouldn't be a Tutsi of Rwanda. These are very tall people. Or people of um, German descent. No. He was just a normal person walking on the street without a black belt. 
not the things done in karate or taekwondo or jujitsu. No. Just a normal guy. Yet, when the spirit will come upon him, that's the key. The spirit will come upon him, he will defeat an army. The spirit will come upon him, he will, with his hands, tear a lion apart, as if the Bible says it was a kid, what they call kid, a small goat. All right? When the spirit will come upon him, he will, with his bare hands, yank off the gates of a city. The spirit came upon him. And God ordained that we should do everything by that kind of infusion of the spirit. When God wanted, see, God doesn't send anybody out with his own strength. He trained his boys for over three years. For weeks after he rose from the dead, he was still training. The last thing he told them was what? Wait in Jerusalem until I pour that spirit upon you. Because if you live without the spirit, you will get, you will, you will wear out. You will wear out. You will wear out. When they persecute you, you will stop preaching. You will give up because the opposition will appear so strong to you. Why? You did not drink of that spirit. You did not drink of that spirit. There is, listen, to make the things of the tabernacle, God had to fill Bezalel with the spirits of the craftsman. I hope you understand. There is a spirit for everything. What is the spirit? The empowerment of the almighty. The power of God. The strength of God. The wisdom of God. That is what is called the spirit. There is a substance. The ability that God pours into people to do everything. To be a good husband and father is not human wisdom. There is no psychology. You know, I quoted that uh, boxing prophet. <laughs> Not a prophet, just making a joke. His word was so prophetic. He said, everybody has a plan until he gets punched in the face. That was Iron Mike Tyson speaking. He said, everybody has a plan. No? You enter the ring. <laughs> One blow will land on your face. You forget everything. Sometimes I see people... <laughs> See, men, now I talk about father and husband, right? There's no trick on this earth you have. If God gives you Jezebel, the only way is to get a gun, shoot Jezebel. I know probably Jezebel, but did she you not know, enter? If God gives you a Jezebel, you can't even kill her. So if you think you have tricks and techniques, to press a woman's button. <laughs> Just know you didn't marry Jezebel. You know what you do? Thank God for that. I hope you're getting my point. I know what I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. When I say all those things, you know, I tell when I many of these we give my for marriage, I just be getting angry. I went to all meeting once they say, You see, when you want to ask your husband for something. Have you heard this thing before? Food is the, the quickest way to a man's stomach is through his mouth. That's when he's a hungry man. Most of these men are not hungry. So leave that thing. There's no quick way. There are all kinds of tricks. If all those tricks are witchcraft tricks, some of these men are hard. They are wizards themselves. So just leave that thing. It doesn't work. 
So when I read some of those tricks they use, I say, leave that, leave all these things. What you need as a child of God is learn how to drink of the Spirit. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying be a bad husband or be a bad wife. What I'm saying is that the method for us is what? Drink of the Spirit. That's what I'm teaching today and we're going to practice. How to drink of the Spirit. Drinking of the Spirit pours divine ability into you. No matter, please, there's an article I wrote, once short teaching. It's likely to be either inside habit of faith or living by divine wisdom. When I say don't be without the Spirit. Please, it should be inside there, but it's definitely on our website. Just go to the sermon section, you'll see it. Don't be without the Spirit. That is, no matter how much Bezalel, how do I say it now? No matter how much you train yourself, you cannot compete with Bezalel in craftsmanship. No. If he puts in one unit of human effort, he will get the result you get with a thousand units of human effort. Why? His one unit of human effort actually opens the door for the spirit that's inside him. The man will design and craft things. You'll be wondering, how, what is the secret of your design? Listen to me. If, if you see what the Bible says concerning Bezalel and Oholiab, not only did he fill them with the spirit, he gave them the ability to do, but he gave them the spirit to teach also. Now, this is what I want to understand about teaching. Teaching is not how to learn techniques, but to drink of somebody's spirit. The aim behind teaching is to be present, interact so much until you have drunk of that spirit. It's not the words. All the ones that Jesus taught the disciples, could they, could they do anything with it? He told them, you have to do what? Wait. Wait until you be endued. So all that teaching is to prepare them to receive. By the time these these disciples, these men and women began to do things, people were so confounded. What is the secret of their eloquence? What is the secret of their ability to do these mighty works? They said, oh, they have been with Jesus. They missed it. We used to quote it. But that's not the truth. It's because they have been what? Filled with the Spirit. Being with Jesus prepared them to receive the Spirit. That infilling of the Spirit was what made them do those things. This is where I'm going. So people say that, look, Elisha poured water on the hands of Elijah. Now let me ask you, pour the water you want. If you did not see Elijah when he was going, what happens to you, Elijah? Nothing. That's why from the foundation, my wife and I were talking about it a few days ago. From the beginning in Kingdom World Ministries, I didn't let you work for me or with me if you are not listening to me. That was my rule. From the beginning. People have walked in before. And they said, um, so so and so person said we should go and meet you. Maybe they're ministers from another town. A young man just came to town. So he said, is there anything I would like done? I said, just come and sit down. You know, they don't come back. You won't just walk in. See, if you're a pastor of a church, stop hiring keyboardists and drummers. Please, stop hiring this is how you do it. <laughs> Children of God. Eh? Children of God. Will you sing hallelujah? Yes. Shout hallelujah to the Lord five times. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Clap like that. 
it is better for you than to have one amubo that just came from the club beating drum for you. It is better. I don't know why we got all these uh, drums and saxophone and go and buy this that any spirit inspired person in church can be, you know, use that one first. You see pastors quarreling with musicians that don't love Christ, only love the money. Shut down the instruments, you don't need them. Shut them down. From the beginning, you know what ministries, I didn't like one of our sisters at that time, I was, I was watching her. She will come late. And they watch. We start at uh, 5, 5.30, she go show. 6 o'clock, she go show. We used to close those very early. Not that now that, you know, anointing has increased. You understand? The one she did, she did to me, worst of all, was she came as people were leaving. Yeah, we don't share grace. So one day I called her. I said, Sister Uju, come. That's not her real name. I just wanted you to see me. It's not you. <laughs> I said, let's get this one clear. Any day you come 15 minutes. Oh, sorry. She was in charge of some important work. You know, book tapes, get tapes, ready, all those kind of things. <laughs> okay, just maybe that's why I said Uju. I said, any day you come 15 minutes late, don't go near my tape desk. Find out. We talk, uh, talk, uh, talk, go down. I say, hey, wait, wait, let's summarize it like this. Nobody walks with me who's not listening to me. Because your spirit will be different from the rest of us. Say, so my dear sister, if you come more than 15 minutes late, just come in, sit down. Don't go near the tape desk. Don't do anything. Just go and sit down. If you've been to any of our seminars, you want to buy books, CDs, and stuff, buy before we start or wait till the end. Once we start teaching, we shut everything down. I've been to church before. You've been to churches. People are outside buying groundnut and they came for church service. <laughs> One of my friends, he didn't go to church for maybe six months or nine months and he was heading a unit in his church and the pastor did not know. Yes. He didn't attend one service in months. And the pastor had no idea. He was telling me about it. It wasn't a secret. Say, Banky, I don't have the time. Service is starting by 9. Maybe everything ending by 12. He gets to church at quarter to 12. And he enters the church and calls his department people. And holds a meeting. See, and they sell him. These are the books. You know, they have these books that every department must sell and all of that. Good enough, he has money. Where is our department? So they give it to him. He gives them the money. Oh, money. This is why it's called mammon. There's a reason. That is, they don't notice. If they say, okay, your, the books you're supposed to dis- distribute and, and because they sell them and all of that. Your unit zone is 100 copies. How much is a copy? Tell him. Maybe each one is 200 naira. He collects the 100 copies, gives them their 20,000 naira. There's the unit members, our books are here. How many can you take? You did one, two, three, whatever it is. Out of the, how many copies I say you took now? That hundred, yes. The other hundred, maybe the department people manage to take like 30, 40. He takes the other ones and just distributes them anyhow. And it was unit head. I mean, I'm not talking about small boy unit. 
big men's unit in the church. He wasn't going to church. They did not notice. Not for two days. Not for two weeks. Not for one month. For months, possibly over a year. See, he was the one that told me himself, that doesn't understand what they are doing. Doesn't have their time. Yet, he was a leader. Deacon. They didn't have that deacon title, but that was a rank. I see churches. People stay outside. Pastor is preaching inside. And you see guys just sitting outside and sharing food. And they are testing clothes outside. <laughs> Telling you. You see a church like that, the, the, the proportion of evil spirits there is higher than average. Let me just leave it like that. Can't be preaching and you're hanging outside. You didn't come to that church. Oh? No, no, as far as I'm concerned, if I'm the pastor, you didn't come. Hanging outside is not a problem, but you didn't come to church. We... <laughs> Let me talk about my wife more. Sometimes my wife will see some things that pastor's wives are doing. She'll just open her mouth like, ah, or more. <laughs> you people are enjoying, you know. You people are enjoying, you know. You didn't marry Pastor Van, he's obvious. We think I don't take my eyes, see? my wife eyes. My wife was just looking at them like, ah, you are the wife of the pastor of this church? Look at it, you are coming to church. How old is that? If I dare it, let me just not dare it. Let's just leave it like that. <laughs> I said, listen, listen. If you are not listening to me, I don't care whether you've married me. You are not drinking of my spirit. I'm telling you. You are not drinking of my spirit. So my wife would look at pastors and I'm like, ah, you guys are enjoying it. Maybe I should go and marry your husband too because you come to church when you like, you go when you like, and on top of that, yeah, you know, yeah, Mama Gio, and everybody traveling before you. <laughs> My wife just looks like, hey, this ministry is good though. My husband's ministry is work. If my wife, if, I, if I'm preaching, her eye closed too many times. We'll discuss it at home. <laughs> what was I preaching that you did not like? They are sending you off to sleep. She has said, my husband, you know, I woke up at 3 a.m. And then this one happened. I said, okay. So I mean, she's sitting down there. After I don't say that. So she has to quickly explain. No, when I left, okay, you know, you know, I have not been feeling very so I had to go and use the bathroom. Then when I came back, I was feeling so weak, so I went to the office to say, no, I need the explanation. I can't just be preaching, you get up and leave. Lie, lie. It's not the will of God. It's not, with you. it's not the will of God. You know why? Because if I am carried away, how will you get the anointing? I don't know whether you're catching what I'm saying there. There are things that God wants to pour and you are not paying attention. The time he wants to pour the spirit, you have gone somewhere else. I will now preach, 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 preach. Other people are more blessed than my wife. They are more blessed than my children. One day I have to tell my children, I say, hey, I love you. Don't wait for me to become me. Your, your mother is not that. I said, you know how to enter public transport, don't you? Yeah. You know the days of Bible studies. Time, people at home, enter, keke, and come. You don't see them now because they are not in town. They traveled. And I have to remind them, I hope people are hooking up live stream. We sit down there and be eating pizza when the word of God is coming. Do you get what I'm trying to say? This is all of this now. <laughs> 
thinking now you can't walk for me. You can't walk with me if you are not listening to me. I will bench you. Nice. So my sister that time I said, okay, please, please, please. I know they do like this. This ministry is different. I'm not counting numbers. No, I'm not counting numbers. I didn't come to beg you to come. So you can't, you, you don't come here and come and do me shakara. I don't have seeker friendly services. <laughs> True now. When you hear that Elisha was pouring water on the hands of Elijah, everything Elijah was saying, Elisha was hearing. Even then, there was a risk he wouldn't receive the fullness of the anointing. Elijah had to warn him. You've, you've tried, like they say, you don't try all these years. But it's a final test. Final focus. Keep your eyes focused on me. Anytime I will go. Many people say Elijah went up by chariots. He didn't go by chariots. Chariots of fire. How did he go? By whirlwind. Thank you. What did the chariot of fire come to do? To distract Elisha. Elisha said, I'm not looking at you. Elisha still saw Elijah when he was going up in the whirlwind. Maybe some of us say, what design of chariot is that? <laughs> if you're looking at the chariot, Elijah is gone. What am I saying? It is the entrance of the spirit. When we are listening to teaching, it's the entrance of the spirit we came to hear, to, to get. Not just to hear words, but to drink of a particular spirit. When Bezalel will be teaching, therefore, you were not a real student of Bezalel, except you were drinking of the spirit of Bezalel. I hope you are getting my point. The idea of staying with Bezalel, he had the anointing to teach. Actually, he really had the anointing to pass his spirit across through instruction. It was just, you could, I mean, it's not just about repeat this, repeat that, no. And okay, do it ten times. No. That spirit had to pass across to you while he was instructing or while he will be instructing. That is when you will carry the life of Bezalel. So Bezalel could have a class of 50 people. And after many years, you see only two of them that came out looking like Bezalel. Walking like Bezalel. They attended all the classes. But there was a closeness of heart that is shut down of the heart. The heart not open now. That's not by closed. A closed up heart. There's a degree of closed upness. You get what I'm saying? In their hearts that didn't let the fullness of the spirit of Bezalel point to them. So after many years, you see 48 will have, a lot of them will fail. They start craftsmanship business. They begin to make articles of gold when they enter into the promised land and they don't do well. And he said, but were you not trained by Bezalel? Yes, they went to the classes of Bezalel. But they were not careful enough to drink of the spirit of Bezalel. Listen, God designed us to walk by his spirit. Not by our own strength. Not by our own energy. Now, we have one one advantage as believers in Christ Jesus. In fact, there's something. Let me just explain this, okay? We've gone over this before, but let me just use it again this time. Let's quickly read that book of Joel, chapter 2. I'm going to read that and then read another portion of the scriptures. We have some work to do. The Lord is good. What did he say? Joel, chapter 2, verse 28. 
He said, you come about after this. That I will pour out my spirit on all mankind. And your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on the male and female servants. I will pour out my spirit in those days. Now please bear this in mind. Now what I want to talk about along this line today, okay, is this. When we read this, what we immediately you know, recall to mind is the experience of the day of Pentecost. Remember that experience. The Spirit came down, cloven tongues of fire, rested upon each one of them. They, began, they were filled with the Spirit. They began to speak in other tongues. They began to prophesy. And they began to behave like drunken people. And Peter said, this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel, and he quoted this for us. For that reason, it's been locked in our minds as if the only fulfillment of this is that kind of experience. But again, let me remind us, you read the scriptures, a prophetic word like this can have up to five different applications. I hope you're getting my point. Yes. And a part of it we often overlook is what I want to say again today. You know what he said? Let's read this one. Romans chapter 10. Now, please, I want, I want to apply this. Okay, just give me some time to, for you, you'll see the connection. From verse um, 6. So the righteousness based on faith speaks as follows. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down. Or who will descend into the abyss? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? It says, the word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we are preaching. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. Now, please, you ask me, you're probably thinking, what has this got to do with that? You'll see it in a moment. You see, when the Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, the Spirit came and it stayed. I never went back. I hope you're getting my point. Now, sometimes we want something. And we are looking for where do I go? Where will there be an outpouring of the Spirit? Let me go and collect from there. Why? Because we still think every time there's an outpouring of the Spirit, it has to look like that of the day of Pentecost. So we celebrate a lot when something like that happens. I got into university in 1985. Right? It's been a while ago. And when I got into the Christian Community University of Benin, there was a lot of strange things going on, all right? We young people, we saw strange... And then, like I was discussing with the pastor, came to this happened that those men were anointed. I saw anointed. They did all kinds of strange things. Many of these big ministers you know today, people like Chris, Yakilome, and all of that, I knew them then, okay? He used to come to our school. He was a student in um, then Bender State University, all right? It's called the Bensu. That's now um, Ambrose Ali, right? Yes. Became a do state then, became Ambrose Ali, yeah. So, the typical meeting we had, depending on the fellowship we went to, I went to a number of fellowships and I visited many more. For by a whole semester, I used to go to Deeper Life, 
And Deeper Life Fellowship was very... Now, let me give them one thing. If you say fellowship is 7.30, it used to be 7.30. Everybody is seated by 7.25. Because those who come late are going to hellfire, so there's no need. <laughs> so we didn't used to come late. Till now, I've not seen anybody beat those guys. They tell you 7.30... 7.30, they just wait for 7.30 to start. They're not waiting for people to come. They are waiting for 7.30 to hit. And most people are seated. They're very disciplined time-wise. All right? I was there for a while. There was another fellowship I got involved in. Those of you, they tell you that it's services by 8 o'clock. They start by 10.30 p.m., finish at 1 a.m. If they do finish. They were the ones that... Now, they had a lot of what you call anointing. They worship and worship. Everybody's falling down. Then people lay hands and yeah, you are flying or you know, stuff like that. We lay hands for for if you don't if you didn't fall, you know, like um, anointing not flowing. That was a kind of thing. But actually, they had the, the anointing was present. Okay, forget the falling. The falling doesn't really matter whether you fall or you rise. It's actually totally irrelevant to what's going on. All right. Uh, the, what matters? What I can say is that people had genuine visions. They prophesied real. I don't want to go start telling some experiences, things that one day I came to fellowship. One brother, calmly, he just said something and described what some of us, had been, and I was one of them, had been passing through a spiritual experience we've been having on our own in the last one week or so. He said, such people should come for. I didn't have the boldness to join them. I didn't go forward. But the anointing was present. You see young people teach the Bible, my God in heaven. And look, you know, then I didn't realize that was what anointing is. Now I'm understanding that that's what the anointing did. You see young people hold the scriptures, and teach. We had one brother at that time, my father. This man could teach, I'm not exaggerating when I tell you, he could teach for a whole day and not stop. If I just give an illustration, yeah. One of those is, this brother, I was there, this one I saw it. He came to our room. He was teaching, let's just say, brother A. He taught, I don't know how long that teaching left, it lasted. He taught and taught and taught, brother B joined. They along the line, brother A left, he was still teaching. Then brother C joined. Along the line, brother B left, he was still teaching. I don't know how long he, he had this little Gideon's Bible in his hand. This guy with, do, I told you, look, this, this were men that, this brother I'm telling you about, he and his, another brother, they came to our room one day. They wanted to sleep. They were no longer students with us. They just came around to do something. So they came to our room to sleep and found out they, all the beds were taken. Do you know how they solved it? They went to go and pray. I remember just to the, other, the, the brother said, come, let's go and pray. So they went and prayed till morning. What is their logic? By the time we finish praying, you guys will have woken up. So they left around 11 o'clock, 11.30 to go and pray, and came back at 5 in the morning when we'll be getting ready to go to, host, to, to for lectures. Then they came to sleep. Those are the kind of... See... <laughs> Don't want to be mentioning some names. There are some prominent. There's one particular. Uh, is a uh, uh, apostle's. Uh, no, no, uncle. This one, my uncle. My uh, uncle. This guy went to do a program in Port Harcourt as a student in University of Benin. Anointing was so heavy, he didn't come back to school. He was a third-year student. He was studying a course for four years to get a bachelor's. During the holiday of the end of the third year, at the end of third year. He went to Port to go and hold a crusade. When he came, the anointing was so plenty. Look, he refused to come back to school. His friends begged him, 
they went and paid for next session forms and everything, gave him, come and register. This is your course. These are the courses to register. He refused. A friend of mine, all right, was the one they allocated his room to the following year. He was the one that packed. He didn't come to school to pack his things. The, following, the room he stayed the previous year was allocated to my friend. My friend was the one that cleared his things out, including books. Is that your guy? I told you. I told you. <laughs> now, why am I telling this whole story? One day, after I came to Enugu, a few years after my wife and I arrived into the city, one of those men of those days, I didn't meet this one in school, but it was one of them. While this one was doing his own program in Port Harcourt, this one did programs in a bar place like that. But he, had, he left, or my first year, I really got into the swing in my second year. All right, So my first year was when this other man left school. I think as I was coming in or at the end of the first year. So I didn't, I didn't really get to know him. But I knew his name. His name was on the lips of all the other people. So he came to this city to minister. I saw he was coming. I ran to where he was going to minister. At the end, I requested whether I could see him. He told me where his hotel was. So my wife and I, I just wanted to tap some grace, like we say. So that they went to his hotel room. For about two hours, three hours, we were together. And he told us stories, things that happened. And he told me, the whole story, I'm going somewhere. He said when he left school, he felt so full of grace. He wanted to continue the things they were doing when they were in school. Then he sat down. I think he started a church or joined a ministry. And he would come to church to do the things of the day of Pentecost. And he did not do. You like my English? The spirit did not move. Ah, ah. What's going on? The one the Holy Ghost put hand like this. Everybody on that on that side will, will fall down under the power. As he go and go like this, he go return on his own. Nothing, <laughs> nothing. He will lay hands on people. Nobody's falling anywhere. As soon as he lay hands, he's looking at you. Thank you, sir. God bless you, sir. I appreciate the layer. He, he told us that he went to go and pray. That God, what is wrong? What did I do wrong? What did I miss? Is there something now? Before I tell you the answer he gave, this is what I found out after a long time. I realized that everybody focused on that Pentecost-style operation. Meanwhile, that's not all the Lord was doing. The Lord did that for a season, but he said, everybody, the main aim is to boost your faith and give you understanding. Now, the word is ninety. Even in your mouth and in your heart, the word of faith, through it now you activate the anointing. Forget it falling down or, 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 or under the power. Forget the show. Forget those things that attract the crowd. When Jesus rose from the dead, he appeared only to his disciples. He wasn't in Tosho. That's why the Jews are guilty today. You know why? No unbeliever saw him. Those who did not believe, he didn't reveal himself to. So they could argue, and he did it deliberately. It's called hardening their hearts. If they don't want to believe, leave them. But those who believed, he went to one by one. They will be gathered in this place, he will show up there. Believe me, it was not, not only to Matthew, uh, to Peter, James, John, and the other people that he, he revealed himself to. He revealed himself to hundreds of them. That was why Paul would write and say, some of them are still living. By the time he was writing, many people saw him, but no Pharisee that didn't believe saw him. No Sadducee saw him. 
So they kept on arguing that he did not rise. His body was stolen. So the church dared them to produce the stolen body. But they knew that he rose from the dead. They didn't doubt. What I want to just emphasize is that he was not into the show business. Because it was you and I that rose from the dead. We are rising up on top of the... Of the in fact, on Calvary itself. On top of another cross. We are coming down like this with our hands this way. Yeah, yeah. We are going to walk through the Roman soldiers. Walk straight into the temple. Enter the holiest, holiest of all. And say, look at me. You thought you could kill me? If you had known, you would not have taught the Lord of glory. He did nothing like that. He rose up quietly. Drove away the Roman soldiers. He scared those ones away. Those ones saw the angel didn't see Jesus Christ. They, they disappeared. They began to show himself to those people, the women, first of all. Go and tell Peter and everybody else. So they went and told everybody else and Peter where to meet him. He, he entered the room where they were hiding. And they said, Lord, and Thomas was not around. Thomas came down later. They said, he was here. He said, come on, stop joking with me. Except I see him. And I put my fingers in those nail prints and in his side. And he showed up. And Thomas did not take up. Say, touch. Thomas did say, oh, God, don't worry about it. It's okay. Don't worry about it. I mean, I mean, I mean why, you were listening. Why were you listening to the discussion between me and Peter? <laughs> now, what I'm going to say is he showed himself to Peter, to everybody. He wasn't into the show business for the whole world. So God said, listen, I know falling under the power is nice. I know you guys will come for a meeting morning till evening. And everybody will enjoy it. The spirit will be crawling all over your skin. Now settle down and learn something and become like men. Filled with knowledge. Filled with understanding. Let the Spirit not just come upon you and make you scatter yourself. Receive the Holy Spirit now. The way Jesus received the Holy Spirit and walked away like nothing happened. You know what happened to those our brethren? When they left school and settled down. God said this is now the phase of settling down. Pentecost experience, let's calm it down now. Now, I want you because understanding comes from instruction and understand that this is when the Spirit opens your heart, opens your eyes, settle down and start instructing people in the Word of God. Where would the Spirit come from now? The Word is nighty. That's what God will say. Back to Joel. He said, I will pour my Spirit upon all flesh. The one we saw in, in, in Pentecost was one. What's the second one? I will pour my Word upon all of you. Because the Spirit rides upon the word. He said, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. That is, the spirit is in the word. It imparts life into the hearts and lives of the hearers who believe. I hope you're getting my point. So, God said, I'm going to release technology to make the word available. Before, to have a Bible, needed a case to keep your scrolls if you could afford them. Afford. How many people could? You know why it was difficult to afford? Because each one was written by a hand. One person will sit down and they did not write in a hurry. I hope you understood, understand. They did not write in a hurry because they couldn't afford to insert errors. No one I tell you to write something that you're just jotting, jotting, jotting. No. 
The scribes did not write like that. In fact, a sect amongst them used to have a bath before they write the name of God. To write the name. So the name of God for them was so holy. No one would just open their mouth and say, Jehovah said this. Then, the name was written with what they call the tetragrammaton. Why? It looks like Y-H-W-H, which is why you start from Jehovah to Yahweh, you understand? They didn't use to write it. A lot of scrolls had to change that to Adonai. They could say Adonai. Adonai meant Lord. So copying scrolls was not easy business. I suspect few people had personal collections. Look, the laws of Moses, the whole of Israel didn't have it at the time. The whole country. Wasn't it that young king? Um, was it Josiah? When he was refurbishing the temple, they found a copy and went and showed it to him. Generations of priests had not read it. So how were they doing sacrifices? They, had, they were just copying the customs. So did they do it was so bad when they read it to Josiah, he tore his clothes. Like, what have we been doing? My emphasis, just the laws of Moses. Jeremiah was not there. Isaiah wasn't there. I hope you're getting my point. Malachi, of course, we're talking about. When, which, when did Malachi come? Prophet of yesterday. Then Zechariah, Haggai, who would. They were not there. Just the laws of Moses, the whole country didn't have. Something that God said kings were to read every day. The priests were teachers of the law. They were not just people who caught the neck of animals. Their primary assignment was to teach the law, not to offer sacrifices. Many of us thought they think that uh, the job of uh, the levites and priests, no. They had the full-time duty of teaching the law. They didn't have the textbook. So God said, I'm going to pour my spirit upon our flesh. I will make this book so available that even Saudi Arabia can't ban it. So he took it stage by stage. For the sake of the word of God, he said, no more writing by hand on papyrus. Get paper, start printing. The first set of print materials were nothing but giant stamps. And we still have some of them around. They just arranged everything. Stamp a paper, so at least a whole page could be produced in a few seconds after you finish setting everything. Then after a while, things become, of course, you know I'm jumping many stages. After a while, it became easy to print. You could roll them out, chum, chum. You know, you've been to those presses. You'll just be turning them out, you know, daily in their thousands. Technology kept on improving and improving until now. In this device that weighs just about 250 grams in my hand, I don't know how many copies of the versions, I mean, I mean versions now, of the Bible I have here. Hundreds of millions of downloads from, uh, from version alone in how many languages, scores of languages. Now, nobody can ban the Bible now. It's a joke. Burning the Bible now and burning it, you're just fooling yourself because it's like a virus. Once you release one into your environment, shoot people, don't worry. They will copy it. It's not a hard thing anymore. It's a fulfillment of this word, which says what? I will pour my spirit upon all of you. So if anyone wants to receive the spirit of God now, it's not just to wait for where the fire is falling or where hands are being laid. The word is nigh you. 
even in your mouth. Now, let me add my own. Of course, you can. You will believe me. Even in your device, the paper in your hand, the word is there. Take it, put it on your lips, put it in your heart. You know what happens? When the spirit finds it, it will explode through it. I hope you're getting my point. Yes, the spirit is looking for where to enter into. If the spirit finds the word in anyone's heart, finds the word in anyone's lips, the spirit will come upon that person again. Please, look, it's possible you are all by yourself, you are praying, you are studying, you are declaring the word, and then you open your eyes and you're on the floor. When you fell under the power, you don't know. It's possible. But what I want to emphasize is that whether it happens or not, sorry, this is not to downplay anything. Who was the most anointed person you saw in the whole Bible? One person. Jesus Christ. Where did you see him fall under the power? I hope you are getting my point. So, carry your eye from things that are not the cocoa. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Don't think that, because we're going to do some things now. You, at the end of the day, I didn't fall under the power. So, I, okay, your house, now you going to stand at the edge of the bed so you can fall down. It's not necessary. I hope you're getting my point. It's not necessary. It is not necessary. The truth is that as the word of God is entering your heart, it's not coming empty. It's coming what? With the spirit. It's coming with the power of God. Bear that in mind. The Lord is good. Now that's preambling. Let's not get into the meat for today. Today's message is titled, The Spirit of Boldness and a Sound Mind. What do I call it? And a sound mind. Thank you. The spirit of boldness and a sound mind. I'm more patient than I used to be with people. And pardon me to put it like this. People and their foolishness. You see, what you see in front of you is what decides how you behave today. Yeah, that's all. You know, I read something from one funny guy. I won't mention his name because if you do, people will now go and be looking for the book. It's not a Christian book. I used to read all kinds of things. So one day, a friend of mine he gave me a book, one of these mystical books. He said, I should read that. The book is very good. I told him there's nothing. He said, I should read it. <laughs> Where I, so I let it not be as if I'm close-minded. and just. So I took the book. And read, I find enough, I enjoyed the book. There's a lot of nonsense, but it was really nice. Yes, I mean, trying to teach spiritual things you don't know Christ. What can you teach? The foundation of true spirituality is the knowledge of Christ. So no matter how nice sounding the things you are teaching might be, if there's no foundation of Christ, it's rubbish. It's nonsense. You're not really teaching anything. So that's what I mean when I say that, all right? But he says something, the man says something which I can never forget because it's really spiritual truth. He said, imagination is more powerful than willpower. Of course, it aligns with scripture, but it was a mystical man that said it. So I'm just giving credit to where I got it from. He said, imagination is more powerful than willpower. I said, what? And he explained it. He said, just take a street, a street, all right, a street. Draw a line, two parallel lines, and create a kind of a small track for yourself on a street. Okay, 
maybe just about one meter wide, or a little less than that. He said, walk across it from one end, from one side of the street to the other side, you know, just a street. Just think about your street. So just draw a line, two lines there, and walk in between the lines. You will not go to the left or to the right. He said, you walk across easily. He said, now, take that same strip. Take it up 20 floors. Walk across. Did you catch that? Yes. Two buildings now, 20 floors. The same street, too. There's no breeze, though. The same width. He said, walk across now. You know, 99 out of 100 people will not even run across to save their lives. Once they look, eh? No. He said, why? The imagination of falling down cripples you. He said, when it's on the floor, you can walk. You know, there's no chance of falling anywhere. And yet, you will walk. You will not step to the left or to the right. It's wide enough to take you. He said, but once they take you 20 floors up, as you come out, you look down. What you are saying is pieces of of yourself. (laughs) You see your head, head on one side, your leg on the other side, your intestines, you know, all over the place. So when they say move, they say, no, I'm not moving. The man said, listen, your imagination is more powerful than your willpower. And I remember that God said, you cannot withhold from these people anything they have imagined to do. And that's why God said that when he wanted to talk to us, he said, I can do exceedingly abundantly, far above what you can ask or even imagine. Imagination is very important. So, the Spirit of God and even the devil, you know what he does for people? He paints pictures for them. What will your life be like tomorrow? That is what is deciding what you do today. It's not what you know, it's what you have imagined. It's not what we have told you. It's what you are able to what? Imagine. Imagine. That's what influences your decisions. What you have imagined. I'll be getting my point. Oh, what you have imagined is very, very important. So in this life, people have imagined a lot of things. I saw a man, he was analyzing Nigeria's problems. Some of you may have seen the videos. He's a South African. We are talking about corruption. How corruption spoils things in Nigeria. And it's very nice. Somebody who forwarded it say, oh, wow, this guy got it. He nailed it. I said, he didn't nail up to half. So the problem of corruption is that when people who are, who are qualified, who are good and all of that, when corruption does not give them the opportunity, they are forced to leave and go and look for somewhere else to use the opportunity. Somebody said, ah, that's the problem, that's Nigeria. I said, no, relax, relax in Nigeria. I said, those who are resigning, bank managers resigning, is it because corruption did not let them get promoted? What is their problem? Imagination. Even though the man has money, he has everything, but he has looked down the line and said, there will be no country here. I hope you're getting my point. That is the issue. That is the issue. That is the issue. When I first came to Enugu there, one of my big seniors came to town. How did you get down here? I told him, professional now. And I said, senior. And he painted a very nice picture for me on why my decision wasn't wise. You know, I said, now I'm more patient with people. I don't get as angry and you know, short with people as I used to be. Because now I understand that what he's imagining is not what I am imagining. 
what is in front of me that I can see is not what he's seen. So he assumes that he and I should be seeing the same thing. So my decisions, my actions appear silly in light of what he's seeing. But if he could see what I'm seeing, you know he will reason differently. He will behave differently. I hope I get my point. So what happens is that people see what the what, look, there's this particular scripture, we all know it. Should we read it? Yes. Look at that 21. When your heart fails, you make wrong decisions. And today, we are receiving the spirit of a sound mind. Amen. I've established. How do we receive it? The word is near us. Somebody say amen. amen. Say it. The word is on my lips. The word is in my heart. Let's just add this one. Say, the word is in my hands. You're looking at your device or your Bible. Say, the word is in my hands. From there, it is going to my lips and into my heart. And from my heart, it is coming back to my lips and filling me with the Spirit. Yeah, that's the way it works. Look at the 21. You know what he said there, just to see what's going on. Verse 25, there will be signs in the sun, in sun and moon and stars, and on the earth dismay among nations. In perplexity are the roaring of the sea and the waves. So these things are going to be roaring. See, men fainting from fear and the expectation of the things. Can you see that? The expectation, that's their imagination now. What they can see. The expectation of the things which are coming upon the world. For the powers of the heaven will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. But my emphasis is verse 28. But when these things begin to take place, you will behave differently. What are you to do? Straighten up, lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Now notice this, you are not allowed to faint from fear. Can you see that? We children of God are not allowed to faint from fear. You know, Jesus came to die for a number of things. One of the most important parts of his, the work of his death and resurrection for us is to deliver us from the fear of death. Let me tell you what the fear of death does. It doesn't allow you to enter your promised land. That's what it does. The fear of death will not allow you to enter your promised land. You see, what God has done, I don't know why he did it like that, but he did it like that. Anytime he has a promised land for you, he will not remove the giants. No. There has to be giants. Otherwise, every Tom, Dick, and Harry will be entering the promised land and spoiling it. So he says there must be what? Giants in the land. Why? So that when you see the giants, all the people that don't want the promised land will run away. I hope you're getting my point. But my emphasis is on those who see the giants and the fear. You know what happens to them? They die in the wilderness. They don't possess their promised land. It is important you conquer the fear of death. What did I say? It is important. The reason is that nobody enters into his or her promised land without conquering the fear of death. You must conquer the spirit, the fear of death. 
That fear must be conquered. Because if you don't, you know, there was one man I saw his testimony. Some people went around recording testimonies. Beautiful. He picks, um, he picks cans and bottles on the road in New York on the streets and just goes to the trash, you know, the way people do it. It's a white man. He does that. Say he's 60 years old. He looks quite good for his age anyway. He gave his life to Christ sometime when he was in prison. Now, this is where I'm going. So they asked him. He said he's looking forward to meeting the Lord Jesus Christ, going to heaven and all of that. He said, when you see the Lord, what are you going to say? He said, I'm going to ask him, why did you love me so? Why did you choose me? What is it about me that made you love me so and choose me like this? He was saying with a lot of, you could see the smile and joy in his heart. Now, this is where I'm going. And I said, what do you think he will, have said, he will say to you? He said, he will look and say, you could have been more. That there was more prepared for you, but you didn't step into it. He was saying it himself. He looked at his life that he's so sure. There was more that he, or there is more that God prepared. But for certain reasons, he didn't step into it. So they asked him, what do you think the Lord will say to you? He said, the Lord will look at me and say, you could have been more. In fact, one particular minister said, when you hear that um, God will wipe you out of tears, he said, it's going to be tears of regret. That when you see what you are supposed to be on the earth, you will look and start crying. He said, God will say, don't worry, no need to cry again. Just forget it, forget it. I hope you're getting my point. That is why meditating today, I realized that, look, we have to go there to receive the spirit of boldness. That giant, so you will not drive me out of my land. You will not drive me out of my inheritance. You will not prevent me from going into the land that the Lord swore to give to me. What Jesus Christ died for, for, for me, uh-uh, you will not prevent me from inheriting it. Amen. Yes, what prevents people is fear. Is fear. Is fear. Is fear. Listen, I said something last time. That was uh, two Saturdays ago. Because, you see, one of the things that God does is that he gives us small things. Hmm? To guide us into great things. I hope I get my point. You know, I, I, this is just to illustrate it. In my house, I, this has been happening to me so many times. Now I'm, I'm used to it. In the house. I want to leave the house. Maybe I'm supposed to go out with my phone. But I for, maybe my hands are full. So I forget that I forgot my phone. But maybe as I'm leaving, I see that my wife, yes. Maybe she, now just, just so relax, okay? Don't. <laughs> so maybe she, in my mind, carelessly dropped something that's valuable somewhere. So I'm maybe it gets me angry, like, I know how much I paid for this thing now. So I'm, I'm angry, I want to leave it there and go out. So that she will see it when she comes back. Do you ever get that kind of feeling? Okay, I'm very righteous, you don't have it, but I do get it once in a while. Now this is what I found out. This didn't happen, just an illustration, okay? So many times, maybe I'm going like that, I see that thing there. Like, oh, madam, why did you do this? So I'm about to leave it there. And my spirit says, do unto your wife as you want her to do unto you. I say, I'm not going back upstairs to go. Maybe, as me, I'm supposed to keep it somewhere special. You know what I found out? A lot of times, most times, I just overlook my, I don't want to do. I pick it, walk up, back upstairs. As I'm about to keep it there, I see my phone. 
Now, I had already locked up. I was, I was about to go. I didn't even know I forgot it. I thought it was in the car. I thought it was in my bag. Only for me to get there and find it. Ah, I said, oh boy, when did you get here? And I imagine the Lord is smiling. That was why it, I wanted you to do the right thing. By doing what is right, you've discovered the thing you forgot. Now, this happens to me so frequently. I'm, I'm used to it now. Sometimes it's not something as important as what I've just said now. Maybe just a pair of shoes that's in front of the house. Ah, I said, look, it's not supposed to be here. It's supposed to be inside. So before I close the door, I just take it and to walk, put it back where it's supposed to be. When I discovered that the spare key of my car that I've been looking for, for three days, somebody went and put it on the shoe rack. I hope you're getting my point. Many times, so people are waiting for this to say, oh, my son, my son, dying shoe, dying key. Is that? No. Go, we say, carry the shoe, go and put it in the right place. If you do that, you will find your keys. That's how God leads a lot of times. What am I saying? One of the ways you conquer death and the fear of death, of course, we already know about that, is have the fear of God. All right? But sometimes just having the right idea concerning the purpose of your life will make you do what is right, even though you did not think you were bold. For example, you know love is very powerful. If they say they are shooting outside, don't go out, you know you won't go out. But if your son went to buy something, you know you will go out. <laughs> say they are shooting on the street, too. Yeah, everybody hide, hide, hide. You now call your son. Ah, John, John. Your wife said, hey, he went to go and buy Richard car down the street. Oh, boy, you are going out. You just carry a metal chair to block bullets. But you are going. When they say you shouldn't go, you will enter your car. <laughs> I hope you are getting my point. And that's when you now know you can pray in tongues. That is when you know the Spirit of God is in you. That is when you will know that there is, you know, there is not like the God of Israel. That rise the heavens to your help. And through disguise in his majesty, you will realize that the eternal God is your dwelling place. You know, when you could lock your door and lie on the ground, you didn't remember all these things. One day two, your son is outside and somebody is shooting. Oh, boy. In fact, you already prophesied. You are prophesying. The protection of God. Oh, God. Ah, That is, <laughs> you will surround yourself, surround everybody, your ancestors, your descendants, everybody surrounded. You don't drag the boy. Of course, God will help you find him. You will drag, drag him into the car, run back home, and then, Thanksgiving, we start. Someone now say, you are bold. Say, which kind of bold be that? <laughs> you are looking like, I have never been bold in my life. But that's my son. I have to get him back. I hope you're getting my point. Just having the right perspective towards life is one method by which God gives us the spirit of what? Boldness. What am I saying all of these things? We need that spirit to overcome. Without this, God must give us his spirit. So that when we see giants, we will not be afraid. Where do we get it from? The word is nigh thee. Everybody say that. Now say the word is nigh me. Say it is in my heart. It is on my lips. Say it's in my hand. From my hand to my eyes to my heart. From my hand to my eyes to my lips. To my heart, from my heart, back to my lips, attracting the spirit of God. Let's rise to our feet. We need to declare the word of boldness.
Let's do something. Somebody open to, for me quickly to 2 Timothy chapter 1. I want us to reuse King James there. 2 Timothy chapter 1. While the person is opening to that, another person, please go to Psalm 18. I'll tell you which you are going to read from verse 27 to verse 29. Somebody else, please. Okay. Who is doing so that? Who is doing um, 2 Timothy for us? Okay, you are. Okay. So who is doing 1 John? Did I mention 1 John? Okay. So, okay. Psalm 18. Who's doing Psalm 18? Okay. You can use any version. Psalm 18. Who's doing, somebody will do 1 John chapter 5 verse 4 for us. Alright? Yeah. My brother there. Young man. Okay. They are going to give you a mic. Okay. Good. Alright. I need somebody to do Ezekiel chapter 2. Volunteer. You have to know yours. Ezekiel chapter 2. Alright. Romans chapter 8. From verse 37 to verse 38. Somebody will do that. Romans 8. Good. So just know the yours. When I call you, you read. All right? Okay? Let's stop there for now. All right? Aha. All right. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Quickly. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Read it again. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now everybody begin to declare. Say, in the name of Jesus. God has not given me the spirit of fear. Say that again. He has not given me the spirit of fear. Say, therefore, I reject the spirit of fear. No matter what's going on around, fear would not take hold of me. I reject fear. Say, God has given me the spirit of power. He has given me the spirit of love. And he has given me the spirit of a sound mind. Say in the name of Jesus, I have the spirit of power. I have the spirit of love. And I have the spirit of a sound mind. Say, I reason properly. I don't reason in confusion. I don't reason in fear. Say, I reject the picture of fear. Which causes men to make wrong decisions. Say in the name of Jesus. I serve the Lord with my decisions. Say, fear is banished from my life. As it is written, God has not given me the spirit of fear. As it is written, He has given me the spirit of power. I have the spirit of power. I have the spirit of love. And I have a sound mind. Say, I have a sound mind. Fear does not disturb me. It doesn't make me decide on what is wrong. All my decisions. I receive the spirit of the sound mind right now to make them properly. Say in the name of Jesus, I declare before the Father that the meditations of my heart, all the decisions I will make in my life, will be acceptable before him. You know, I heard two men say something. One of them, Lester Sumra, the other direct prince. He said, now, I can't remember the exact figures, but each one of them said something like this. He said, in the last 50 years, I have not been out of the will of God once. He said, how can they be sure? 
are you here to be, to be analyzing it? What you should know is that God can do far beyond what we can imagine. So if a man can imagine that he has not been out of the will of God, that should be your desire in life. You know what I wanted to know? It's doable. Your life is being modeled after the Lord Jesus Christ. How many times was he out of the will of God? <laughs> Say in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I will never, I will never ever, ever be out of the will of God. Say the spirit of fear will not push me out of the will of God. Say I see the giants, I see the giants but I stand bold. Say I see the giants, but I'm like Caleb. I'm like Joshua. I will not be afraid. I am entering into my promised land. Say, giants, get ready. I'm kicking you out. Say, giants, get ready. Pack your load. Out you go. Because I have the spirit of God with me. Say it again, I have the spirit of God with me. Say, I'm like David. I see Goliath. But for the love of God, say, but for the love of God, and the love for the people of God, I can't be afraid of Goliath. I can't be afraid of Goliath. I may have only a sling in my hand, and a few pieces of rock. Goliath may have his javelin. He may have his spear. He may have his sword. He may have his shield. But I have been anointed by God. My sling in my hand. With that small rock in the bag. That giant is coming down. Who's reading Psalm 4? This is very important. Psalm number 18. Who's, who's doing Psalm? Okay, good. Read from verse 27 to verse 29. You rescue the humble, but you humiliate the proud. You light a lamp for me. The Lord, my God, lights up my darkness. Hallelujah. In your strength, I can crush an army. With my God, I can scale any wall. Hallelujah. Amen. Say it in the name of Jesus. In the, name of Jesus. the Lord lights my lamp. The Lord teaches me what to do. The Lord illuminates my darkness. Say, I can crush an army. I can leap over a wall. Listen to me. You know, David, I was reading, you know, we studied here at that time about lessons from the life of David. And we realized that David, <laughs> what, the difference in his life was the anointing of God. All those things that you read that he did, he did after Samuel anointed him. Did you hear what I said? Yes, sir. All those things he did, he did after Samuel anointed him. It was the anointing of God in him that made Goliath look so short to him. You know, I told you about imagination. All David could imagine was Goliath on the ground. See, please, it was not false. It wasn't like, begin to imagine it. Oh yeah, begin to imagine it. I imagine Goliath right now. He's falling down. It's good, but that was not happened to David. David just saw Goliath on the ground. When he saw Goliath, all he heard was, ah, why is that guy making so much noise? Is it because he's tall? Is it the tallest person you have seen around? So he's a, he's a giant. So, did our ancestors not kill giants? 
What is all of this noise he's making? He's a Hebron. This one we call Hebron these days now. Is it not, what was the name? It was not Kiriat Alba. Is it not Caleb that renamed it? What's all the noise Goliath is making? If he thinks he's big, he should go and hear about Alba. What was written about him? Alba was the greatest of the Anakim. Yet Caleb took the mountain from his descendants and renamed. That's all he was seeing. I don't know whether you are getting my point. You know, one time I was telling him that, how can you come to Enugu? You know the way Nigeria is. You know what I was saying? Joseph in Egypt. You know what happened to Joseph in Egypt? He became the prime minister. That's all I was seeing. I said he surrounds the righteous with favor as with a shield. That's all I was seeing. All the picture of Nigeria they wanted to paint for me, I couldn't see it. All I could see was that he surrounds the righteous with favor as with a shield. And I used to tell people, I said, was Joseph an Egyptian? When the favor of God was upon him, you know what happened to him. So David said, the Lord illuminates my darkness. Say in the name of Jesus. The The Lord illuminates my darkness. darkness. I see what others don't see. I see see the victory of the Most High. I see the the Spirit of the Lord of Hosts. I see the victory of the Lord of Hosts. You know why it's called the Lord of Hosts? Read the modern translation. They said the Lord of what? Heaven's armies. Now, heaven's army is a dangerous army. Uh, look, the world, world's army can bring one million soldiers. Heaven's army, when he wants to kill 185,000 Assyrian soldiers, he brings how many angels? Gudadaya. One angel is what he sent against 185,000 Assyrian soldiers. Now, if, what if they were two? Oh, God. Well, I don't bust. Okay, let's just not count too many numbers. What if they are now ten? You know, when they killed all the firstborn of the Egyptians, you know, it was one. So now calling the Lord of an army. Armies. That was why David could run through a troop and could leap over a wall. That was why he could crush an army. There was no chance of that lion killing David. You think David was calculating uh, what would not happen? No. He said, how did he say it again? He said, you, you save an afflicted people. He said, the haughty eyes you are base. You light my lamp. He said, the Lord my God illuminates my darkness. That is, what other people are seeing is not what, was not what David was seeing. He just saw his afflicted sheep. Being afflicted by, <laughs> by a bear and a lion. And he ran after it. The Lord showed him what to do. Say in the name of Jesus. I will not walk in darkness. I will not walk in blindness. But the Lord opens my eyes. Say it again. The Lord opens my eyes. He illuminates my darkness. Therefore I can run through a troop. Therefore I can crush an army. And by my God, I can leap over a wall. First John chapter 5, who's reading that for us? Who's reading that? First John chapter 5, verse 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Hallelujah. Amen. So whatever, you know, I used to read, I thought it's supposed to be whoever. 
But you know what I found out? This is even more encompassing. Whatever is part of whoever. I hope you're getting my point. And there are many other things that are not whoever's, but they are whatever's. They are still born of God. Your business is born of God. Your career is born of God. Your health is born of God. Your victory is born of God. Therefore, say in the name of Jesus, whatever is born of God for me, overcomes the world. Say, my faith is my victory. My trust in God is my victory. My knowledge of the Father is my victory. The infilling of, my, of the Holy Spirit is my victory. I can run through a troop. I can leap over a wall. Say, by my God, I can leap over a wall. Say, this is my victory. My faith. This is my victory. My trust in God. This is my victory. The promise of God. This is my victory. My confidence in his salvation. Say, this is my victory. My confidence in his salvation. My confidence in his deliverance. Say, today, I drink the spirit of boldness. I drink the spirit of a sound mind. In the name of Jesus Christ. Now, somebody quickly read for me Ezekiel chapter 2. Oh, did that anybody should read that? Yes. Okay? Okay, yes, go ahead. Ezekiel chapter 2. Verse. verse 2, verse 2. As he spoke to me, the Spirit entered me and set me on my feet. And now, I, now I want us to go back to verse um, 1. Read verses 1 and 2. Then he said to me, Son of man, stand on your feet that I may speak with you. As he spoke to me, the Spirit entered me and set me on my feet. And I heard him speaking to me. Everybody say in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. As I'm hearing the word of God. The, word of the Spirit God. is entering into me. Say in the name of Jesus. I receive the Spirit. The Spirit that makes me stand. You know, this man fell under the influence of what he saw. When God said to him, stand. I said, God doesn't give advice. He gives commands. When is the light B? It's not like light will not go and have a discussion. Should we appear or not appear? Light B means light appear. There is no other thing. So when he says, stand on your feet, the Spirit said, this boy must obey God. Say in the name of Jesus. I must obey the Lord. This my life must obey the Lord. This my life will serve the purpose of God. Say, no matter the hindrances, as I have declared, the Spirit now enters into me and makes me obey. Say, obedience is my portion. Say, fear will not make me disobey because I don't have the spirit of fear. We all remember Shadrach, Ananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. They said, bow, otherwise we burn you. The reporter said, the cure for fear is a greater fear. If you burn us, you know what our God will do to us if we bow. See, it's cheaper to be burnt by you. But before then, the Spirit had entered into them and set them on their feet. I dared to say the things they were, they were saying. You know, Jesus said it, I will give you a mouth and a wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or gainsay. 
The things that they were saying were not from them. They were from the Spirit of God. That's what he meant when he said, the Spirit entered into me and set me on my feet. Everybody say it, say it again. Say in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. By the entrance of the Spirit. By the of the Spirit. I have a mouth. I have a mouth. And I have a wisdom. I have a wisdom. That none of my adversaries can resist. Or gain say. Say it again. Say in the name of Jesus. I receive that spirit. And I receive that wisdom. Say I have a mouth. And a wisdom. That none of my adversaries can resist. Or gain say. Say in the name of Jesus. Like Hananiah. Like Mishael. And like Azariah. I have the spirit of stand. Did you get that? The Bible said, stand therefore. Oh my, are you getting my point? Ezekiel said, the spirit entered into me and set me on my feet. That's what I mean. Say, I have the spirit of stand. I, have the spirit of stand. I will stand for righteousness. I will, stand for righteousness. I will never fall for iniquity. I will never fall for iniquity. Say it again, I will stand. I will stand. I will stand. I will stand. Not by my strength. Not by my strength. Not by my power. Not by my power. But by the spirit of God. The ability to stand, the ability to stand in the face of pressures, in the face of threats, I receive it right now. The ability to stand, the spirit of stand, I receive it right now. I will never disobey the Lord. Fear will not make me disobey in the name of Jesus Christ. All right, who's reading for us? Romans chapter 8, verses 37 and 38. Romans chapter 8, verses 37 and 38. But in all things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who love us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor prosperities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, Continue reading until you finish. Nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. Did you see that? Did you hear that? Say in the name of Jesus. Jesus. Nothing can separate me me from the love of God God. that is in Christ Jesus. Jesus. Say in the name of Jesus. Jesus. I I like the way King James says, I am more than a conqueror. I am more than he that conquers. Say in the name of Jesus. I overwhelmingly conquer. Look at what he said. He said nothing, nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Say in the name of Jesus. Nothing can separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus my Lord. Death will not separate me. Life will not separate me. Angels will not separate me. Principalities will not separate me. Things present will not separate me. Things to come will not separate me. No power, no height, no depth, no created thing, no human being, not even money, material things will be able to separate me from the love of God. Say, I dedicate myself fully to the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Jesus. Say it again, I have the spirit of boldness. boldness. Say, I am not afraid. I I have a sound mind. mind. 
the spirit of boldness is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me. He has anointed me in this generation. To fulfill his will. There's a reason why I was born. I will fulfill every bit of it. Say it again. There's a reason why I was born. I will fulfill every bit of it. Just talk to the Father. Say, Lord, I say all of these things before you. Confirm every word I have spoken. Every word I have spoken. Every word I have spoken today. By them, fill me with your spirit. Oh, the feeling of the spirit is what I have come for. I receive the infilling of the spirit. The energy, the ability to overcome. You have made me more than a conqueror. You have made me able to crush a troop. I can crush difficulties. I can crush disappointments. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Begin to give thanks. Oh, because you are filled with the Spirit. Begin to give thanks. Fear has been banished in your life. Fear is gone. 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 The fear is gone. Fear is gone. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Say fear is gone. <laughs> hallelujah. I just feel like reading this. Ephesians chapter 2. Let me read this verse. Ephesians chapter 2. You know, say to Zerubbabel, it's not by power, nor by might, but it's going to be by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. From verse 4, it says, but God, no, sorry, let me read it from New Living Translation. Ephesians chapter 2, I want to read verse 4, from verse 4. It said, but God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much, that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. And it's only by God's grace that you have been saved. He said, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. I want us to notice that. He said, we are seated with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. What is the reason? So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us, as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ. See, God has prepared great things for us. I didn't say see, I said see. <laughs> what I said is what? See, God has prepared great things for you. God has prepared great things for you. Let me say it again, please. Oh. You know, I didn't say I'm not afraid of witches. I don't like saying things like that. But just for the sake of those who need to hear it, you can't be afraid of the powers of darkness. Amen. Why? Because you are seated above them. You are seated with Christ in heavenly realms. You are united with Christ. Like I've said again and again, Satan knows it. That is why he tempts you. If he was not like that, what is the aim of temptation? He will have just colobbed you, like we say. 
but he can't. So he has to tempt. I hope you're getting my point. Uh-huh. Because he knows that you and them are not in the same category. Please, if any witch appears to you in your dream and does, you do, hum, back. Unless they are going to run away. I told Satan, he's just looking for who to threaten, who to try and scare. But of course, you don't have that spirit of fear anymore. Amen. Whatever be the fear that's in your heart, that has been in your life before today, today has been cast out in Jesus' name. Amen. Every phobia, this abnormal fear of things, we rebuke that spirit now, Amen. out in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You can't dwell in the heart or life of any one of these children. Amen. These children of God, you can't. We refuse you. We refuse you space. We do not give you any space. The fear of tomorrow will banish you in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, most importantly today, we receive the spirit of faith. The spirit that continues to trust you. Yes, everybody put up your hands and from the Father receive the spirit of faith. Say, Lord, I receive the spirit of faith. 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 The spirit of faith. The spirit to continually believe the Lord. The spirit of understanding. Now, if you believe you've received that, I believe the next thing we should do is to give God thanks. Like Pastor said earlier, nobody fell, but trust me, the spirit was released. Like, he said, for thus says the Lord, you shall not see the wind, nor shall you see the rain, yet the valley shall be filled with water. And if you believe that has happened to you this evening, not by your feeling, but by the faith that you have received, then say thank you. Say thank you. We give you praise, Lord. Thank you for boldness. Thank you. Thank you. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed.